ball onto the track. At the wall, it's gone! Home run! Turns on a ball, deep right field, and gone! What a game, what a moment. What's up, my friends? Welcome into Flippin' Bats, where the offseason rolls on, and so does our show, because there's been a lot to talk about all offseason, including what we'll talk about today, which is me just getting back from Cancun. Great vacation until all hell broke loose at a certain point. We'll talk all about that, including Teoscar Hernandez's signing with the Dodgers. That has become official, and uh, another good signing for the Dodgers, Yoshinobu Yamamoto, breaking him down as a pitcher. He is a very, very unique pitcher and one uh, that we haven't really seen often in Major League Baseball. Smaller guy, but his stuff is disgusting. So talking all about his success in Japan and what can we expect from him here in the United States, including uh, breaking down his pitches as well. Top 50 players for 2024 rolls on 25 through 21. We will do today as well as some fan questions. This is going to be... A fun show, Alex. We got some nice new desks here. I mean, we're off um, to a great start in 2024. It also depends what you define as great. Ben got an extra day in Cancun. Um, tell us about this crazy adventure. So, yeah. So my Cancun trip was, it was honestly incredible. It was a great trip. Um, we left a couple days after New Year's uh, and stayed in Cancun, but also had some friends down in Tulum that we went to see for a day. So about a two-hour drive, went down to Tulum, but stopped at some of the uh, cenotes on the way down, so cool. which if you don't know what cenotes are, it's basically like these caves where they've like collapsed and water fills them in. So you're just swimming in these caves. Uh, went to one called Dos Ojos. It was uh, my girlfriend and I and our friends that were down there went to Tulum, spent a lot of time in Cancun, was down there for a wedding, um, a college teammate of mine's wedding. So congrats to Drew for getting married. And uh, yeah, we just had, a, we honestly had such a great time. And every day was like a different thing. We'd, we, I thought we did a great job throughout the vacation of just keeping it all new and fresh. And I got roasted. My shoulders have legit blisters. So you know, you know what I learned? Here's what I learned. I'm not surprised. You had so much fun. You didn't want to come home. You decided, like, we're just, we're going to stay another night. We are going to stay another night, and that was not the plan. But in case you didn't hear, there was an Alaska Airlines flight that blew up in the middle of the air. Door popped right off. Window popped open. I was flying Alaska Airlines. They said, hey, Ben, your flight's canceled. Yeah, they grounded all of the planes that were the same model. 737 the, MAX yeah. 9. Learned a lot about these airplanes yeah. because that's what I was supposed to fly home on. And they canceled our flight. Uh, <laughs> so we ended up staying an extra day, an extra night in Cancun. But, uh, Is it stressful or, like, relaxing that extra night? So that's like, a really good question. You're trying I to get say, home. You don't know if you're going to get home. So we were in our room just dealing with shit for the whole until, day. like, 4 or 5 o'clock. So from the very second we woke up until like four or five, just dealing with airline stuff, travel stuff. What can you do for us? Can we fly on this airline? Can we do this? What do we book here? What do we do there? That was awful. That was yeah. a fiasco. But we ended up getting a, an evening flight the next day. So we had all that night, a lot of the next day. Uh, so that's when my sho shoulders got roasted. <laughs> you, you know, I thought... It, they wanted to leave you. Like, Cancun just wanted to leave you with a special gift. This was, a little gift. This was actually hysterical. This is one of the funnier parts. So the last day, we're sitting out there, and it was a little bit over, overcast. And I looked at, uh, I looked at Elizabeth next to me. Elizabeth, my girlfriend, you. looked at her yeah. next to me. 
and said, this was dead serious. We had just gotten out there. I said, you know, they always say when, when it's a little bit cloudy, but the sun's a little bit peeking through that it's a stronger sun. And I was like, that's such bullshit. And then I'm now, I just have, I'm just roasted and have blisters everywhere. That is the most dangerous time to be outside in the sun. That's what they say. The most, yeah. And that well, is what you know, I, you gotta learn hard. That is what I now believe. But it was it's, a great time. It was a great time. Uh, I'm happy. We were some, both in Cancun, like within a month. Yeah. Which was fun. Yeah. It was great times. It was a great time. But let's get to some baseball because the Dodgers continue to win the offseason. I think probably solidifying themselves as the villain of Major League Baseball after signing Teoscar Hernandez. Yeah, this is a this is look, I I was still on the fence of where should the Dodgers be favorites to win the World Series on paper? Yes, I understand that, but I was still a little uncertain they still had some big holes and I felt like this really got filled by Teoscar Hernandez who signed a 23 and a half million dollar one-year deal um look the the Dodgers are heavy left-handed and didn't I in my opinion have the deepest lineup in the world one through five mm-hmm. un, unmatched I like it. incredible but it wasn't super deep now you add a guy in Teoscar Hernandez who is a a an all-star didn't have a great year last year, but rakes against left-handed pitching. Um, and I mean, an 887 career OPS against left-handed pitchers with 53 homers. This is exactly what the Dodgers need. I do believe he's going to be better than he was last year. Well, I yeah. do believe he's a perfect fit into that lineup and just extends their lineup. And I, so where does I'm he a fit big fan. in the lineup? Because they have they have so much power. And there's also been the conversation of, like, are you going to put Otani at two or three? Keep him at three. Where's Hernandez going to fit? I, I mean, they have so many possibilities. And as you mentioned, he's probably going to step up his game because you play to the level. And when you're surrounded by a lineup full of yeah. all-stars and MVPs, you're going to play to the best of your ability. Yeah, so being surrounded by those guys, I think, yeah. is huge. Also, being on a one-year deal, I really think you're fuels guys. Career. Yeah, you're yeah. you're playing for a lot of money. Yeah. I mean, you look at you're you're paying for a difference. Look at what Cody. Well, look at the Cody Bellinger situation. I mean, really bad last couple of years with the Dodgers. Ends up signing kind of an unknown contract mm-hmm. with the Cubs, and now he's gonna make he's gonna yeah. make oh, yeah. a good bit of a, a lot Bet of money. So. Here's the potential lineup, in my opinion, okay. for the Dodgers, is you can now plug Teoscar in around that six hole. That's such a crazy So you're going to look at a lineup, roughly, of Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, Shohei Otani, Will Smith, Max Muncy, Teoscar Hernandez, James Altman, Chris Taylor, Gavin Lux, which is... I mean, that's insane. Fantastic. All-star lineup. So really good pickup, fills a huge void for them. Again, $23.5 million for one year. But? But? $8.5 million deferred? What are we doing? Like, so do you What's think the- they're done? Because they're now deferring more money, like, are they are they going after more? Are they going to get another arm? I think this is just a, we have done it, we can do it, we're going to keep doing it, sort okay. of thing. There's no breed. Like, what, what? There's no, like, it doesn't make sense. It's eight and a half million dollars that you're going to pay out from 2030 to 2039 in a 23 and a half million dollar year. Like this year that you can go out and get something else. And at this day and age in baseball, what are you going to get for eight and a half million dollars a year? Me, I'll hit 120 for you in the big leagues right now. 
Yeah, it ain't, the eight and a half mil would be. That'd be nice. <laughs> That'd be nice. Very nice. Uh, good pickup for it's them. It's a great pickup. I mean, the Dodgers have just been absolutely crushing the offseason. As we know, two of the biggest contracts in baseball history, obviously with Otani, the biggest contract in North American history. But then with Yoshinobu Yamamoto, the yeah. biggest pitching contract in Major League Baseball. So let's really break down Yamamoto. What can Dodger fans and Major League Baseball fans expect to see his first year here in the U.S.? Biggest in contract and financial numbers, not biggest in size and stature. That is what we can expect from Yamamoto. All right. He is about five foot nine, 176 pounds. Here's a photo of him next to you, Darvish, and Shohei Otani. He is a small, he's a small guy. Yeah. Um, Good things come in small packages. Yes. However, he does not pitch like a small individual. Think, think Pedro Martinez when we're talking Yamamoto. Small guy, but he's going to throw fuego. He's going to be mid to upper 90s. Um, and in NPB, these numbers are tough to match. 70 and 29, Whew. a 182 ERA, and 922 strikeouts. Those are his career numbers in Japan pitching. That's crazy. This guy's won, this guy won three straight pitching triple crowns, three straight Sawamura Awards, which is the Cy Young Award over in Japan, three straight MVPs as a pitcher. The first since Ichiro to do that. First player over there to go to go back to back since Ichiro. So the numbers, the awards, the accolades, they're unmatched. I mean, seriously, these are ridiculous. So you're getting a pitcher that knows how to win, knows how to dominate. But here's what he's going to bring. Those awards don't come over with you. I mean, they you could carry him over, but that those <laughs> awards mean nothing in terms of the success you're going to have in Major League Baseball. Yeah. So how does it translate, right? Because we, we've seen the transition period from Shohei Otani from the MPB to Major League Baseball. Hopefully it helps having Otani on his team now with that transition. Yeah. But how do you see it? How do you see it translating for Yamamoto? Well, what does translate, Alex, yeah. is a fastball that's about 95 and 99 miles an hour. Okay. Nasty, good movement. Looks like it looks like it rises, which is the Ooh. sign of a good fastball. Uh, if you're watching the show and not just listening you can see uh you can see it in the wall right now we're going to break down some of his pitches but this is fastball sits 95 can get up to up close to 100 about 99 we saw him blowing balls by guys in the world baseball classic really good fastball 95 to 99 plays mm. anywhere curveball his curveball is unbelievable when you think yoshinobu yamamoto's curveball Think a right-handed Clayton Kershaw curveball. That's what it is. It is one of the prettiest curveballs there is, and we saw it a lot in the World Baseball Classic. He throws it all the time. But seriously, that's the comparison for this curveball. Clayton Kershaw, left-handed, known for his beautiful curveball. Yamamoto, right-handed, very, very similar pitch, in my opinion, to Clayton Kershaw. And then there's his splitter. Mm. When it comes to his splitter, which again, if you're just watching, you can see uh, you can see all of this in the in the uh, wall right now. Splitter, think Shohei Otani, uh, Kodai Senga, Hideo Nomo. I feel like a lot of pitchers that come over from NPB come over with a nasty splitter. That's almost a staple pitch for dominant Japanese pitchers. Is a dominant splitter. 
And you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Yamamoto's. That's how good it is. So those are his three main pitches. Fastball, yeah. curveball, splitter. He does have others. He has a slider. He has a cutter. But he throws those, those about less than 8% of the time there. So uh, that's what we can expect. A lot of awards, a lot of accolades coming over from Japan. But his stuff will play here, Alex. I promise you it will play. So obviously everything we just went through, he dominated. Yamamoto dominated the MPP at under a two ERA the last three seasons. So this is the big question because the Dodgers paid him the biggest contract, the biggest pitching contract in major league history. Is he going to be their ace on opening day or do you move him to that number two spot until he kind of adjusts and gets settled? How, how do you see this playing out? So this becomes an, an interesting question, I think, because if, if all were normal and everything was, and everybody was coming in healthy um, I would say that Walker Bueller has shown that he deserves to be the ace of the staff, mm. but he's coming off of a big injury. There's a lot of unknown yeah. there. He didn't, you know, he wasn't a, a part of the team last year. So I, I do feel like with that unknown from Walker Bueller, obviously he's going to be a big part of that rotation and, and uh, spring training will show us a lot, but yeah. if I'm the Dodgers, Opening day, I throw out our new prize possession. 12 years, $325 million. I don't hesitate to throw Yamamoto out there on opening day. I, mean, I really don't. I mean, can you imagine, like, the marketing of having Yamamoto and Otani uh, opening day, Dodgers, both on the, like, lineup card? Like, it would be insane. But you got to remember, it took Shohei Otani the entire spring training to get the feel for his pitches, get comfortable with the mound and the ball. So it's. Well, that's one, that's one thing I want to talk about. I I do want to talk about that, Alex, because I, I won. I don't think enough people think about the transition from NPB to major league baseball for pitchers. There's a lot that um, there's a lot that goes into it. The mound is different. The baseball itself is different. So it is a big talking point, and I really wanted to look into some numbers and dive into comparisons of some other pitchers that have come over from Japan to the U.S. and how they did in their first year here, because I'm interested. How does it translate, and do you have success in that very first year here? So we put uh, about three pitchers together, first up being Hideo Nomo. Uh, here's, and, and again, this is last year in NPB compared to their first year in Major League Baseball. The ones that jump out to me for Hideo Nomo, his last year in Japan, a 3.63 ERA, came over his first year in Major League Baseball, a 2.54 ERA. In about 80 more innings, and he struck out 236 guys in his first year in Major League Baseball. So Hideo Nomo came over and actually had a far better yeah. year in his first year in Major League Baseball than he did in his last year in Japan. Next up, we'll talk Masahiro Tanaka. Now, this one is uh, tough to match your last year in Japan. Oh, he yeah. went a whopping 24 <laughs> and 0, my yeah. friends, in his last year in MPB. 24 and 0 with a 1.27 ERA and 212 innings. Now, Compare that to his first year in Major League Baseball with the New York Yankees. He went 13-5 and with a 2.77 ERA. Alex, you will take that any day of the week. Now, there's not a ton of innings there. His last last year in uh, MPB through 212 innings. 
first year in Major League Baseball, 136 innings, but he did strike out 141 guys. So more than one strikeout per uh, inning pitched, which is really good. So come over, not as dominant for Tanaka, but shows signs of, wow, this guy can be really good. Yeah. Uh, next up, we'll talk Kodai Singa, the recent one, the one we just saw. Yeah. And this is a big one for me. And this is actually a big oh. reason why I think Yamamoto was um, was given $325 million. I think the most recent example, Kodai mm-hmm. Singa, uh, I think Kodai Singa came over and dominated. And yeah. I think that is uh, that eases people's mind a lot with the current state of pitchers in Japan coming over. His last year in NPB, he went 11-6 and six with a 2.25 ERA. Struck out 159 guys in 148 innings. First year in Major League Baseball with the New York Mets. 12-7, and seven, a 2.98 ERA, so under a 3 ERA. And in 166 and a third innings, he struck out 202 guys. Was up there in the Rookie of the Year voting. Got some Cy Young votes. Yeah. Kodai Singa dominated. So I think that transit... Uh, translation or transition period for Japanese pitchers coming over. Is Um, narrowing? I do. I really do think it's narrowing, and I think a lot of pitchers are proving, look, we have the stuff to do it, and that stuff translates. And 95 to 99 with a Clayton Kershaw right-handed curveball and a nasty splitter, that plays anywhere. And to everyone saying, why would the Dodgers give $325 million to a guy that has never thrown a single pitch in Major League Baseball, it's because those MVP awards, those Sawamura awards, those Triple Crown awards, they don't translate. But that fastball, that curveball, and that splitter does. And we know over 100-plus years of Major League Baseball what gets hitters out, and it's those pitches. He's going to dominate. Calling it. Opening day, he's the ace. I think he starts opening yeah. day. I think Yamamoto. The more you're talking me through it and the comparisons and 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 just, again, like how big that moment would be, I'm with you. I think I think I'm with you. Yeah, I, I think they um, I think they go that direction. Okay. I really do. I think that would be awesome to see. I think it'd be a lot of fun. Um, yeah. So I think the Dodgers actually open up in overseas. They're in Korea. I so. forgot about that. Yeah. Oh, so then that might change it, like, everything. That could, yeah. yeah could, that, who, that'll who knows change everything. Happen. But okay. uh, I think it'd be really cool. So That's going to be we'll great. See. Fun. 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 Yeah. Fun when it's your team. <laughs> Fun when it's your team that's doing great. Okay. Uh, Want to move on to the top 50 players? Let's move on. Okay. We are officially in the top 25. Yes, we are. So let's get started with number 25, a 2023 strikeout record setter breaking his own record fastest 200 strikeouts in a season spencer strider i am really excited for spencer strider's 2024 uh i think he's going to have a huge year he's already setting unprecedented strikeout numbers from the second he came into major league baseball through last year his first full season he struck out 281 guys and i think if spencer strider stays healthy in 2024 and and gets the majority of his starts in, I think he can strike out 300 guys next year. Wow. He went 20 and five with a 3.86 ERA and 281 strikeouts. I 
I think we actually, I think we see better numbers from Strider. Now the 20 and five number wins and losses is what it is, right? Like that's largely dependent on how good the Atlanta Braves were and are going to be in 2024. But that three, eight, six number, I think he goes under that. And I think he goes over the 281 strikeouts numbers. That's why I have him uh, as a, one of just a, one of just a couple pitchers in the top 25. Okay. Excited to see this. Let's move on to number 24, Boston Red Sox superstar, Rafael Devers. Yes, Devers, uh, I think, is in for a huge year. I Actually, you, you, you look at the Red Sox last year, disappointing year. You look at Devers' numbers last year, and you think, pretty disappointing year in terms of what you expect from him. But he still hit 33, 33 homers. He still drove in 100 runs. He still had 34 doubles. He did hit 271. I think that number gets higher. I'm very high on Rafael Devers. The guy uh, now with a lot of money to his name, yeah. I think is going to have a big year for the Red Sox. So I have him at 24. Okay, moving on to number 23. The team had a disappointing season, but Bo Bichette continues to be an all-star. Disappointing season for them and sort of a disappointing offseason, I would yeah. say, so far for them. But they do still have Bo Bichette on their team, despite there being all those uh, trade trade talks, trade rumors for Bo Bichette. Remember, remember when Bo Bichette was like, is he going to go to the Cubs? Are the Cubs going to get Bo Bichette and yeah. Shohei Otani? Well, no. Yeah. It seems like neither is happening. But <laughs> Bo Bichette is, uh, as of now, and seemingly going to be a Blue Jay. Mm-hmm. 306 last year, had 30 doubles, 20 homers, 73 RBIs. He rakes. Uh, yeah. He is the best hitter on that Blue Jays team. I know him and, and Vladdy came up around the same time, and that conversation was, who's the better hitter? Who would you rather have on your team? Look, I, I Vladdy will be the bigger power threat, but uh, after that 2021 season where he was a triple crown candidate, Bo Bichette has just continued to be the staple of consistency mm-hmm. for the Toronto Blue Jays. He is exactly what that lineup needs. He will probably, again, hit over 300 and I think we'll have another big 2024 season. All right, moving on to number 22, another shortstop, Mr. Smile, Francisco Lindor. I don't think Francisco Lindor is getting the love anymore that he deserves. And you look at his numbers over the last couple of seasons. I know his first season with the the Mets was not good. He was the best shortstop in baseball for... Uh, the Guardians at the time, the Cleveland Indians, he did not play for the team under the Guardians name, but at the time, the best shortstop in baseball mm-hmm. and moved to the Mets, signed that massive deal and had a bad first year. But I think since then, I, I think it's because it's the Mets, because there's underperformance, because they expect so much yeah. and they let them down. I think they look at Lindor when the guy's not hitting 320 with 30 homers as a, as a disappointment. But he's a guy that's going to play you a fantastic defense. He had 254 last year with 31 homers, drove in 98 runs, stole 31 bags. What do you want out of your shortstop? I, that's incredible. He had a 30-30 season as a gold glove caliber shortstop. Those are good numbers. It's just tough when your team is the biggest disappointment in baseball. Agree. That that that's kind of the cloud hanging over Lindor. I agree, which is why I think his last couple of seasons with the Mets have been underrated. Was it the numbers that he was putting up with Cleveland? No, but 
you got a shortstop putting up 30-30 numbers and and playing great defense and the power's there and the driving runs in is there and the doubles are there. Francisco Lindor's a stud. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he's absolutely in my top 25. All right, let's wrap things up with number 21, the man who stole the postseason, helping the Rangers win their first World Series in franchise history, Adolis Garcia. It almost felt like Adolis Garcia figured something out in the postseason. Yes, it, it almost felt like the Astros, um, the Astros awoke the player within Adolis Garcia that um, was always there. Yeah. The talent has always been there. The power. He's a rare combination of speed, power, rocket for an arm. And it almost just felt like Adolis Garcia, don't get me wrong, has been an all-star, really good baseball player, and was a, a big central piece in that lineup all year long for the Rangers. But it felt like the second he got into that altercation with the Astros, and then the series shifted to Houston, and he got booed out of the building as every at-bat and was 0 for 4 with four strikeouts, and then hit that homer that it just seemed like something clicked. It came alive. Because from that moment through standing on the stage raising the World Series trophy, yeah. he was the best hitter on the planet. Yeah. And he ended up hitting, he had 245 last year with 39 homers. I'm really excited mm -hmm. for Garcia's 2024 because I think he just, I think he takes all of that confidence. I think he takes all of that anger maybe he realized i need to play with anger i need to be able to channel that anger within me and and use it for good because hey i went up my first four at bats after that and i was awful i was doing too much but i figured out how to handle it in that last at bat and I, something clicked and i think we get to see that in 2024 i mean it was the full package he had the swagger the confidence, and you just knew the moment he walked up to that plate, something big was going to happen. Yeah, it's always it, it is always a fun feeling. Yeah. I've been on obviously both sides of it. I've I've walked up to the plate uh, with not a lot of confidence, thinking, "Look, I'm I'm over three. I've punched out two times. I don't feel good at the plate." And good things don't happen like that. Yeah. Uh, and I've also walked up to the plate knowing that baseball looks like a beach ball right now. This guy's screwed. I'm yeah. going, am I going to get a hit? I don't know, but I'm going to hit the ball really hard somewhere. And that confidence just allows you to have so much more success. And I think we see that in 2024 from Adelis Garcia. So fun. So that is 25 through 21, Alex. We got Spencer Strider at 25, Rafael Devers at 24, Bo Bichette at 23, Francisco Lindor at 22, and Adelis Garcia at 21, which means the top 20 starts Woo! next show. Pretty cool. I'm excited. The, we're already at the words. We're, we're getting it's close. It's almost mid-January. We're, we're like a month close. from spring training. We are getting close. Crazy. So let's wrap things up with a couple fan questions that we have here. Okay. Ready for the first one? Oh, yeah. Is there anyone out there you'd love to see the Astros acquire, or do you think they're already set to be World Series contenders again? Oh, Okay. Good question. Uh, I, I do still think I would like to see the Astros add, add something. And whether that's um, their rotation to me is at a place where you have to rely heavily on health. And, and I, I just don't think there's enough depth in the rotation. So I, I would say on the pitching side is where I would like to see something done. Offensively, 
They're still going to have Jose Altuve. They're still going to have Alex Bregman. They're still going to have Jordan Alvarez. I mean, the, the offense is yeah. unbelievable. Pitching-wise, you're looking at Justin. You have Framber. What are you going to get from Lance McCullers? Is he going to pitch? Is he going to be healthy? There's question marks there. Um, there's question marks throughout that rotation. I would like to see them add a piece uh, I'm not. I'm not thinking the Blake Snell that's still out there. I'm not thinking of the Dylan Cease, Corbin Burns that are on the trade block. But maybe, a, maybe flipping a guy from the other side of Texas and the Jordan Montgomery and adding him to the middle of that rotation. I think Jordan Montgomery is a pitcher out there that a team is going to be very, very happy when they sign him. And I think the Astros would fall into that. So a starting pitcher. And uh, a bullpen arm is what okay. I would say. So arms. We got one more question here. Okay. Hit me with your top five front office power rankings for the offseason thus far. Okay. I like this. Put some thought into this one. Okay. We'll do a top five offseason power rankings for the front office. And I'll start, Alex, with number five. Okay. I'm going to go with the New York Yankees. Okay. Why? Because it was very clear and obvious what they needed. Yep. And they got Juan Soto. Huge. What more do you want? Have they done a ton? No. Did they get Juan Soto? Yes. They're in the top five. At number four, I went with the Cincinnati Reds. Ooh. Added Jamer Candelario. Um, have added a guy in, in Nick Martinez. Uh, Emilio Pagan is in there. Frankie Montas just the other day. They're making moves. So you have a really young team with a really young core. And they're adding in some Candelario's a, a great piece last year. Yeah. Not as good with the Cubs, but what are you going to get? I mean, you're getting a switch hitting third baseman that can drive the ball. I like him a lot. Uh, I like adding some depth to the pitching. The Reds could do some damage next year. So they come in at four. Number three for me is the Kansas City Royals. I've, we talked about them a couple weeks I ago. I thought they were going to be your number two. Are the Royals going to win the World Series? Are the Royals going to make the playoffs? The answer to the first question is no. The answer to the second question is probably no, but not as much of a probably no. But I am very, I'm very happy with what they have done. This team lost okay. over 100 games last year, and they have gone out and made a bunch of moves to make the team better. Offensively, pitching-wise, they just have gotten better. Hunter Renfro, adding him into the outfield, adding these pieces here and there. They're just doing something. Yeah. As a team that lost over 100 games, they're putting out a product that will be far more competitive in a division that is not competitive and will give themselves a chance to be in the running uh, until the end of the year, perhaps. I know the Twins are going to be good. I know there are teams that will be good in the division, but the Royals, uh, the Royals have put themselves in a better place for sure. Okay, Number so two, not the, not the Royals, the D-backs. Now, this is because the D-backs coming out, coming out of the World Series yeah. are in a position to, to build on that with a really young core, and they have. Adding Eduardo Rodriguez for me was okay. huge. Bringing back Gurriel, um, br bringing in Eugenio Suarez. So you get Suarez at third base. You get Eduardo Rodriguez on the mound. Look, now you have... Perhaps, well, I, I would have a couple weeks ago or a month or so ago said you have the best rotation in the NL West. That's no longer no. true because since then the Dodgers have added Yamamoto and Glass now and look, yes. But one of the best rotations, I do think, in the National League is now the Arizona Diamondbacks with Zach Allen, Eduardo Rodriguez, Merrill Kelly. Okay. If Brandon Fott's doing what he was doing in the playoffs. True. 
I really like what the what the D-backs front office has done. They took a year where they might have overperformed a bit, mm -hmm. but showed the world that they are a really good team with a really good core. And you better watch out for them because these new rules allow them to be successful. And they went and built on that. <laughs> and for that, I have them in the top five. They did what you wanted Baltimore to do. Yes. Yeah. They yes. did exactly what you wanted Baltimore to yes. do. Yes, 100%. Baltimore would be in my bottom five, but that was not yeah. the question. And that's disappointing yeah. to say because they're their number one seed, and I would love to have them uh, add a pitcher or two or three. Uh, <laughs> number one, this comes as no surprise to anybody, the Los Angeles Dodgers. You Ooh. add Shohei Otani. You add Yoshinobu Yamamoto. Uh, already you're talking over a billion dollars between those two. You trade for Tyler Glass now. Mm -hmm. You go get Teoscar Hernandez. This is no question. The Los Angeles Dodgers front office deserves to be the number one in the power rankings. Yankees, Reds, Royals, D-backs, Dodgers are my top five front office power rankings. That was a good yeah. question. Fun question. That was a good question. That was that was well thought out. Yes. Well thought out. Uh, Alex, good good first show back from Cancun. Yeah. I feel good besides my shoulders. <laughs> I can't wait. I legit have blisters. It is. it is not good. Just, yeah, no, it's, let's keep that. It's a mess. I even, I, I applied sunscreen properly, I swear. You have to reapply. We got these new desks now, Alex. I, nothing like a good old, a, nothing like a good old pole between your legs, huh? We have a pole under the desk. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that I does can't. it. I'll take video. Adam right. Jones is joining Flipping Bats in a couple days on Thursday. He will be the guest, so make sure you look out for that. We're going to talk Yamamoto. He was teammates with Yoshinobu Yamamoto in Japan. Alex is still losing it yeah, over there. So. We're going to talk uh, the Shohei Otani contract. We're going to talk his the the D-backs, the, the Padres, the Orioles. Check out Adam Jones later in the week. But thank you all for listening to this one. This one was a lot of fun. Make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts, whether Apple, Spotify, wherever. Um, you can also watch on Spotify as well. You can also watch on YouTube at Flippin' Bats Pod there. We're on all social media. Wherever you want to find us, you can. But for this episode, that does it. Until next time, my friends, peace. Good work.